Welcome to the Startup Climb Podcast. I'm your host, Yihuin. Startup Climb is a weekly podcast show where we bring you conversations with startup founders. Through the podcast, you will gain a behind-the-scenes look at their journey, their struggles, and what it takes to run a startup. On the show today, we have the founder and managing director of Genesis Motion Design, Benjamin Ong. Genesis Motion Design is a motion graphics agency based in Singapore that produces creative concepts, designs, and animations. Clients they have worked with in the past include Facebook and Riot Games. In this podcast, we are going to dive deep into the creative industry to find out more on the struggles and learnings that Benjamin learned thus far in his journey. Welcome, Benjamin. Hi, Benjamin. Hello. Hello. Hey, man. Hi. Uh, so for people that might not know much about Genesis Motion Design and what you do. Could you share a little bit? Yeah, so uh, for sure. Um, just want to thank you for just inviting me uh, to do this podcast. Yeah, no problem, uh, yeah, so just to share a little bit about us. Um, we are Genesis Motion Design. Uh, that's the full name, registered name. <laughs> but people just call us Genesis for short. Uh, we are a motion graphic and animation company here in Singapore. And we've been around since uh, 2015, um, focusing on creating advertisements for clients all over the board on different uh, from different industries, uh, from you know uh, industries like um, from MediaCorp to Facebook to clients and companies like Rolls Royce, and all the way to other spectrum like um, even games like Riot Games. Right. Uh, yeah. So that th- that is pretty much some examples of uh, clients and people that we we work with. Right. So like those are like very big clients that you just mentioned. But I'd like to go a little bit to when you first started. So could you share a little bit about like how big is your team currently and and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So our team is about ten right. at the moment. Uh. So. Uh, the whole team consists of pretty much um, designers, animators, where who does the groundwork, and also people like uh, like for example, we have ad, we have the admin team as well, that man- project managers, right. and we have a sales team, and so on and so forth. So, like, um, who was the first hire actually? So, uh, my first hire, well, it's actually a it's actually a, uh, like a weird really weird story yeah let's go with that um, man <laughs> my first <laughs> that's what I was trying to squeeze out right so um, the, the first hire that um, I had uh, was this uh, uh, pretty much when I started it was just uh, myself so I didn't have right. uh, it was a startup it was just me and going out into the industry I was uh, pretty much 24 at that time. So I didn't really know what I was doing, to be honest. But um, I guess I just had the guts to do it. Right. And uh, so the first hire I had was not, uh, uh, was one that was not like a well-made decision. Um, And I hired... Uh, a project manager or you will call it like a, a produ- producer in, in my world right. where they handle projects and they, they take in projects they handle clients uh, they handle requests and they pretty much just get the, the work done from uh, from the start of the project all the way to the end uh, that was my thinking going to that was like you know pretty much the person could 
um, helped me sort out because I was doing a lot of emails and I was a, I'm a creative. So doing a lot of emails right. wasn't really my strength. And right. yeah, just thinking that, you know, maybe just hiring someone uh, and just, you know, kind of grinding, hustling together uh, was that mindset. <laughs> but uh, first mistake I made was I think hiring that role wasn't wrong. Uh, but um, the first mistake I made was I hired someone which was, I think, a fresh graduate. Yes, I right. couldn't afford, you know, hiring an ex- experienced person. So <laughs> I just I just thought like maybe extra hands would help. And the training, there wasn't any training pretty much. It was just uh, expectations <laughs> uh, without any uh, training. So that was the biggest mistake. And yeah. After working for a, a week together, uh, the person realized that, you know, he wasn't a good fit. I realized that he wasn't a good fit. So we kind of ended off things uh, <laughs> uh, neutrally. Right, right. And it's just like, you know, without any payment, the guy was like nice enough. Like, hey, uh, you know, that's it. Uh, thanks for the time just to try out. <laughs> and he left. So, I mean, because I didn't have to pay him, uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was fine for me. Um, but I realized how stupid it was. <laughs> right. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was weird, that one. <laughs> right. So like, what, what was the, the next hire then, I guess, like since yeah. you learned from this mistake of hiring like a fresh grad? Well, yeah. Um, after that hire, I realized that uh, doing the project management and things like that should be done by myself, like, because I knew how to run the projects. Right. I knew how to, you know, manage clients in in a way, um, and I just decided to um, pretty much hire uh, another designer that could done the, that that could work on the ground, right? So right. yeah, uh, that was my first successful hire. Uh, he stuck around for about um, two two and a half, or if not three years, with me. After right. that, so yeah, it was uh, and um, that first hire actually was my uh, was a uh, was a junior of mine in 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 school in in Nanyang Polytechnic where I study uh, motion right. graphics. Uh, he was a junior, and then we went to the uh, the army together, and I was in the media team, and he was there as well. So he sort right. of came in as a friend, um, trying to just support me and. Um, he was very helpful and yeah, I mean, I think that that was one of those few people that, um, uh, you will never forget, uh, especially when right. you're a startup, uh, you know, forget the kind of get, uh, gestures of like, you know, just helping a friend, uh, for a few years. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm just a little bit curious on um, because like I guess the hiring process of like the creative industry because like I would assume that portfolio would be a very big part of the process. Oh, yeah. But how do you determine if like their work fits your art style or if like you can work together? Because like the creative industry is is very broad, right? There are like many different types of art. Yeah. Yeah. So um well if you were to think of it, uh, if if it was from a startup perspective, um, right. how I hired back then was really <laughs> it was really through connections and friends. To be honest, right, like, right. Um, yeah, friends that I could trust, friends that 
uh, I enjoyed working with. Some of them were my classmates back then. Um, and just working with them. And I think it's, it's the culture of a startup, right? Like it's to really enjoy what you're doing together as a, as a team, you know, and uh, just doing it um, that camaraderie. Uh, when you're working together and just enjoying that aspect of things. So um, having having friends that I know could do the work uh, just already kind of uh, up in the back of my mind, it uplifted a lot of you know potential problems, right? Like um right, right. Like uh I, I trust the person, uh I know you know he will get things done. And uh, I've been working with him or I've been you know in school with him. I and and I respect him, so um, that kind of led to those hires. Uh, yeah, so pretty much hires after that um, were just you know from the same school, right? Like uh, juniors from the same school where I know they have gone through a system that I've gone through, and they they I've know that they are uh, they work in a certain way that. I do as well. So that helps me right. with the whole, um, like with my whole work and, and confidence of like pushing a company forward and just growing the company while I know, you know, on the back end, everything is set, already set in place. Right. So like, could you share a little bit on the creative industry in Singapore then? Because I think we are discussing a lot about hiring. So like, let's just talk about the industry at the moment. So, like, is yeah. it difficult for a startup in the creative industry to survive in Singapore? Um, I'll say yes, for sure. Like, uh, the creative industry is pretty saturated. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I think I think it's it's really saturated at this moment um, because right. we have all schools producing with. Um, you know, graphic designers and different things like that. And it's really, really saturated. So doing a creative startup, um, I think any startup has a question of, you know, what it boils down to one thing, which is essentially is what is your USP or like unique selling point. And I think it applies for all businesses. So, as a creative, um, how are you different um, with everyone else? You could say like ideas and, and things like that, but to be honest, it's, it's, that is true. But as a startup, you don't have, you don't have a credibility yet, right? You don't have credibility yet. So um, having your own ideas does not, it only it only works when you have credibility and, and your portfolio and with a list of clients that you've worked with and then you can actually sell that. But yeah, what what more what else more? You know, besides just ideas. What else more do you do that's different from someone else? So there's a lot of different things that people are doing um now. Um and I and I've seen I've seen the companies evolve. Um through this stage, creative businesses evolve um, as COVID happens right now. Like, as people are not going out and meeting each other, you know, how are they changing their business model? 
or ideas to adapt to the new environment. Right. And yeah. Cool. So I think I just want to dive a little bit into what you mentioned earlier, which is the saturation of the industry. So like, do you feel like there's a particular reason why? Like, are there more people starting creative startups? Are there more people doing freelancing? Or like, is there a specific reason why the industry is so saturated? Yeah. Um, I think in my opinion, um, there are a lot of different schools teaching, you know, um, design, graphics, right. animation. Uh, there's a lot, lots of schools, schools teaching there. Um, and in my opinion, I think that with the, with the supply that comes with that, there isn't the demand. And that is the biggest issue. Like the demand isn't growing. Like right. it is growing to a certain extent, but it's just oversupply and the demand is just not there. Hence the saturation. Right. But yeah, is it? difficult is there like a very high turnover rate in the creative industry like do designers jump from studios to studios or what's the situation like um i think it kind of i think it is like um it is actually quite high in my opinion uh that's because the rate that we are doing work or the rate that the industry is it requires a lot of uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding with the whole industry especially like the industry like ours it's because um, our industry, we work with right. other industries that are not familiar with ours. For example, I just mentioned that we do, you know, um, we do work for clients like uh, Facebook and and different and those and those are like different. They are like different industries, right? And or like or like just a more obvious example, maybe like like uh, clients like Rolls Royce. Um, they are in the car industry, and to find a middle ground within, um, right. Uh, within them from a different industry and ours uh, the the understanding seems to be missing and that is because of you know the, just the nature of competitiveness within the Singapore industry that maybe you know if you can't do it someone else could do it faster or maybe cheaper as well you know what I mean so right. it's always that competitiveness that creates this problem within the industry that seems right. that people get really frustrated about and it just leads to burnout really really quickly as creatives um burnout is a real thing um so the idea like you just feel um you just feel so drained um from the day to days you know um sometimes we get right we, we, we've seen people doing uh, turnovers like within a day to get certain things done and, and it's just day day in, day out, uh, that kind of work, which really just burns the the creative mind right. quite a bit. So due to the nature of, of that, turnovers get quite can get quite high. Right. I would like to I think you touched on an interesting point earlier, which is burnout. And I'd like to ask you like if there what what are ways that you tackle that, I guess, or sort of like manage burnout? Sure. So one of it is to really kind of give yourself some time to recover after the burnout. So for some people, they take sabbatical, right? Uh, sabbatical right. is one way to kind of recoup your mind. Um, another way is to kind of just take it slower. Take it slower 
if you have the opportunity to, you know, <laughs> to get some free time to, to actually pace your own, manage your own time. If you're doing freelance, you can do that. And then you can just kind of take it slower. Take a, uh, either you take in work that doesn't demand too much or, you know, just take a break altogether. And that, that seems to be the only way. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it really dif- it depends. It differs for everybody. Uh, just do what you like. You know? Do what you like. Some people prefer right. to read a book uh, to, to take things off. Some people just prefer to sleep, sleep it off. <laughs> uh, and, and I don't mean for the short term, right? Like what I mean is like, like for, for a while and just do that. For me, how I deal with like, you know, to prevent burnout or I me mean not, pre- I guess prevent burnout uh, would be to play games. For me, I, I'm a gamer myself. Um, so I play a lot of games to, uh, especially during the first year when I started uh, the company. Um, I play a lot of games to prevent burnout. Right. And that helps for me. Cool. Actually, I was, I was just going to go into like, so what, what, what are like your other hobbies other than like doing motion design? So I guess you talked about gaming. So do you mm. feel like gaming as a hobby inspired you to go into this whole designing and like, because like the like animation styles would be quite similar within games and client work? Yeah. So I think it definitely inspired something gaming um, right. it definitely inspired different things because we have like visual effects in games right so um, yeah. like it sort of inspired uh, and it kind of gives left left uh, a good idea in me of like how would I put it it kind of left certain things in me for example um, when I watch game trailers uh, when I watch you know in between you know they have game cuts in between uh and those things kind of left right, me, right. you know, um, wondering how do they get it to feel like that? For example, how do they get it to feel so exciting? Like the in-between cutscenes, how do they make it so exciting? So I kind of picked up a little bit about timing, you know, editing from that, you know, uh, how, do they, uh, how do they create tension from that? Uh, those, kind of, those kind of things. And it kind of left me... Uh, yeah, right. pretty much games help me a lot with creating dynamic content. Uh, and yeah, and that, 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 that root of games as well inspired me to create content for games. Um, so that's why we end up, we had the privilege to work with like Riot Games for League of Legends. Right. Yeah, I so saw it was for Hyperplay, right? Yeah, Hyperplay was a, the, the event that was in Singapore right. Indoor Stadium. So we had the opportunity to work with Riot Games to create all streaming, you know, the broadcast content that was right. like streamed online. And then uh, we also created the stage content. So, yeah, they, they found it really, really helpful because they, I understood what they meant. Uh, right. We speak in the same lingo, you know. We understand and what, uh, everything about that because I watch a lot of esports myself. Right, right. Um, and... Yeah, it was pretty much a very smooth experience for, for them and for us. Uh, because, and, and little did I know that, you know, playing games, watching games could benefit me in you know, doing work. So I, I really right. like those. So it's like a win-win lah. Yeah, essentially it was, it was something that right. I didn't expect. But um, what I did was pretty much turn my hobbies into 
and kind of merge it together with what I'm doing and create and I created this this space where I could double like enjoy it like I can uh, enjoy it twice the experience <laughs> twice than right. normal right because I'm doing both of the things I love so that's really helpful <laughs> right so I'd like to because I think we talked a lot about um your clients just now so I'd like to go into like the initial stage right so like how did you first build credibility or gain traction at the start before you get all these clients like Rolls Royce or Facebook how do you get your first client yeah so pretty much when I started I came on as a as a fresh as a fresh company I pretty much started um, doing some homework even before starting the company yeah so I pretty much started by I started as a freelancer before I started my company. So by doing freelance, I'm able to you know, meet more people, uh, to kind of get to know people, get to know uh, companies, and just create, like, make connections. I think that was something that really, really boosted um, my, my credibility in that sense. Um, it helped me with um, just... You know, because I have met people right. from the I, I met people from the industry, and then they came to me. Uh, even though when I started the client, they trusted mm. me. They know what I was capable of, and then they just left it with me. So I had something to prove. I had the drive, and yeah, word of mouth. Uh, after that, word of mouth really just took off. Right. So, um, yeah, just uh starting from scratch you know i didn't i wasn't expecting any big companies to work with us at the start um pretty much just doing whatever i can um and whenever i can you know um i yeah i I remember just working hard as much as possible i was working uh seven days a week um, and I was working like 12 hours per day or even more than that right. and just hustling to just get, you know, more projects done, which boosted my word of mouth, which boosted my credibility. And I just needed that boost, right? So just putting in the, the, the amount of work into what I do, uh, boosted things really quickly for me. And that kind of started the whole uh, thing of right. like, you know, getting one client and then the next one and the next one. And yeah, it's just a matter of for us because we're creative. So it, it, the most important thing is building your portfolio. And by doing that, um, I'm able to kind of build my portfolio as, as right. quickly as possible. So uh, actually, I, I have a question that I'm actually quite interested about other than building credibility. Yeah. So another thing that a lot of creatives or especially like freelancing um, might find very difficult is how much do I charge? So like for yourself personally, is there like a yardstick to how do you determine how much do I charge a client? Yeah, yeah. So it depends on the, uh, I guess... For us in the creative industry, and uh, a norm is charging it, you know, per uh, per project or a day rate. 
So right. usually uh, for freelancers, if you're, if you're going into this, they usually just charge a day rate. And yeah, I mean, you can just do a calculation um, on what, what do you think is fair to you. So what I, what I usually recommend for, you know, for, for people who just graduated, it's like, just kind of gauge yourself. You know, you're working for eight hours in a day. So how, many, right. how much per hour are you charging <laughs> in that sense? So if you're charging like, uh, so anything that you do, you just times eight. So yeah, how, how, how much per hour would you charge? So for example, right. um, yeah, let me, I think that would be, you know, some people, if you're working in like a part-time, like a, a restaurant as a waiter, like how much would you, how much would you earn? Right. Like how much is it nowadays? What do you think? I think it's like maybe eight dollars yeah. or like nine. I think it's eight or nine dollars. But yeah. considering considering that you you are like you're specialized, you could probably so you add a little bit, huh? Yeah, add a little bit more. Maybe fifteen, maybe twenty, I don't know. Twenty five. Right, it right. depends on, on what makes you feel like it's you are worth. Right? And right. and I think you just need to times that by eight. But really honestly, like I've seen so many uh, people that overestimate how much uh, how much is that. So and then it leads to something which is questionable. Like um, then you put yourself up to like you know it, it comes it really comes down to the experience, your portfolio, and how much you think you're worth and. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's very interesting actually because I would think the opposite would be true, which that people tend to undercharge because they are like not very sure if their portfolio can can fit the standards of a client, especially if it's like your first or second client. I would think like most people yeah. undercharge, but I guess the reverse is true. Then, um, I would say it's both ends. I I I'm, I don't think you're wrong, um, but there are always um. Yeah, I mean, you always have that 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 voice in your head that <laughs> that talks, right? right? right. Like, like, you know, are you uh, are you overcharging? And then it really depends. Like, um, so yeah, it it varies. It varies a lot, and every and that voice is different for everybody. So yeah, no right or wrong answer. It's just a matter of if you are if you as the person live up to that cost from the client's perspective. Right. Is it difficult to get recurring clients in the creative industry? I guess, it, especially for you, since you're doing like graphics and assets, right? So is it difficult to get recurring clients because like maybe some clients just want to do one event? Mm. Uh, yeah. Yes, it is actually. Um, well, clients, it really depends on your client. Right. Some of them are just doing it as a one-off. Some of them doing it for the long run, uh, but to be honest, like most, um, we've been running Genesis for about five and a half years now, um, and we have our pretty much we've been always working on a per project basis. Um, I would say maybe you know uh, what what that means is that we don't always get recurring clients right. Every month, there's always something different. And to be honest with you, I'm surprised uh, by working with this 
business model. <laughs> I'm surprised to be honest how far we've, we've, we've come. Like five and a half years and we're still, you know, month to month or like, or, you know, kind of uh, still getting, you know, uh, not not working with like a retainer or just right. or anything like that yet. You know? um, yeah, I, I'm surprised how long we last. Um, but it is, um, like what I mentioned, some clients prefer to do it per project because it doesn't leave any, it does not have any um, implications on them. It does not have any burdens on them. And some prefer like to have a retainer if they have constant content coming in. Um, but yeah, it really depends on the client. Right. So is it like, okay, I guess like it will be difficult, but do you not fear that like because of the nature of a project-based model that like maybe like in times like this where it's COVID and people are cutting down their marketing budget that you might not be able to type through this period? Uh yeah. <laughs> yes, actually. So it is um uh, it is a problem and I think I recognize that um that working on a per project basis may not be the best business model. And like what I said earlier, um I am I am a creative at heart and right. business is not my strong suit. Right. <laughs> to be honest like but um it's something that um it's come up loads of times where you know there's an opportunity for um or there's questions where we we get whether we want to do a, a retainer but the kind of the quality of that work that it's required right. is really really low like it's really just churn and burn if I were to put it um, like really bluntly. Right. So it's really like a churn and burn system where uh, we get that we get that freedom or we get that um, yeah freedom in, in the sense of monetary sense. Right. But um, we tie ourselves down in terms of creativity. And that was something that I, as a business, as a creative entrepreneur or as a creative person, could not accept um, that it was that. So I took the gamble. I took a risk where we worked on individual projects that were really interesting, really interesting ones, and not uh, not for long term. So it was a, um, and that's why um, we try to not just stick to the Singapore market, right. Yeah, and that's why we, we expand ourselves overseas as well. So that it gives us a bigger market to work with and it allows it allow it gives space for that kind of model to work uh, right. for us. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty it's pretty um interesting because um our client base is still in Singapore. You know, we've been we've been still working with people on a per project basis in the long run. Right, right. But we are still getting uh, clients. Um, surprisingly, we're still getting loads of clients coming to us for on a per project basis uh, when they need it. So, right. Yeah. Do you have like a sales team that like go out and try to find leads for you to work on, or is it more like clients just coming to you directly? 
Yes. So we, we use both sales and marketing techniques in our business. Right. So yes, we do have a, a sales team or rather person, I would say. Um, the sales, I, I'm right now uh, in this day, I'm actually doing uh, training. I'm doing training and I'm doing, uh, I'm doing business development myself. So I'm, right. I'm also doing sales. So pretty much talking to clients, understanding their needs, requirements, and then from there, uh, working out a solution for them. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I have someone else who's helping me out as well and then helping out me out to reach out to overseas clients as well. So, right. yeah, it's a small team. It's just the two of us, but uh, we just recently hired someone to do sales for, for us as well. So we're slowly expanding the team. Right. Actually, that's like super interesting, I guess, how like you have transitioned to a little bit of like a management role on top of just the cre- on top of the creative. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to like, like learn more about like what exactly do you do? Do you focus a lot on like the business development side where you get clients and then after that you have a team of creatives under you that will churn out the work? Or are you still very hands-on with the creative direction and the creative design? Yeah, so my role right now is really doing a lot of um, training right? And, and teaching and I'm trying to get certain standards right within a company. I'm trying to formulate systems within right. the company to maybe automate things or to maybe, you know, um, enhance things. So pretty much that is my main role right now. Okay. Uh, but aside that, I also um, handle the marketing of the team as well. So creating, you know, content uh, that could help us with marketing or improving our website and depending on that, uh, that's something that I do as well. So whenever there are queries uh, from marketing, uh, usually I'll, I'll handle them. Right. And I'll close the client then then. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much uh, my my day. Um, but I think it's something where where it's the the biggest the biggest hmm, how do I put it the biggest not not really regret, but it's like the biggest shame, I guess, right, is that I'm a creative person myself. And, and I love doing the creative, uh, you know, creative work as well. I love to see the results. I love to, to see the kind of quality that we're able to do. I love to be involved with it. Uh, but as a business right. owner, uh, I realized that there's some things that um, you need to let go in order to have your business excel. So one of the biggest um, right. so-called quote-unquote sacrifice that I, I had to make as a business owner was to kind of give uh, the creative direction to to someone that was much, that could do it better than I could. Yeah, so right. yeah, that, that, that decision was made and um, it pretty much took that off my hands. I could focus on things that I want to, that I need to do for the business to excel much better. 
And yeah, I think I just got to, you just got to look at it from a whole overall perspective on focusing on your business. Right. Okay. I think that was a very interesting response on like how you transition from creative to like now a more business role where like or a more management role where you're focused on training yeah. um, people under you to like create systems or create processes to try to make the entire workflow smoother. So I'd like to go a little bit into like reflection then. So when you first graduated, I guess, like from your school, have you ever considered like joining a studio instead of starting your own? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. I think, um, so just to share a little bit, um, my work experience in life is pretty much the only work experience I have is I, I did two internships, one when I was still in school and another one which was when I, I just graduated. In, uh, right. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty much all the experience I, I had as a, as, a, as, a, as a person. And I think it's still, it's still something, it's still a path that I would not recommend. Uh, for any creative um, that is planning to start a creative business it's because that I realized when working in a company you can actually um, do a lot of things that gives a lot of shortcuts and would speed up uh, certain things certain processes and to just mimic and replicate for your own company right and I didn't have my internship was like three months each. So I had a total of six months working in companies and that's about it. So I did not have any like real, in a sense, working experience. Um, I did not really fully comprehend systems in within a company, uh, right. which I felt sort of slowed me down when I was building this company. Yeah, so... For anyone out there, uh, I would still highly recommend actually working in a studio first than to uh, come out straight off of school and then starting a studio because, um, yeah, the, the people you meet, the connections you make um, would actually help you in the future. And the best way to go about that is really to make as much connections and friends as possible and understand the company, understand its the systems, uh, understand the problems it's having, and understands how it solves those problems will really help right. you to to start a business much smoother than um, just just starting straight off school. So to answer that question, yeah, I, I I wish I would have worked, and that was one of the regrets for sure. Right. But is it like a natural progression for people to eventually start their own studio? Not, not necessarily. Right. Um, it really depends on the person. Because starting a business is a huge step, right? Having to think about just putting aside money to invest into your own business and having a thought of that money being spent and pretty much lost like losing that money is something that not everybody can comprehend right um 
Yeah, so all the risks involved, and especially if you have liabilities, um, if you, you uh, for example, the older you are, the more liabilities you tend to have. Uh, you yeah. might be, you know, you might have a family, uh, you might own like a, a car uh, in Singapore, which is a liability, um, and different things like that, uh, which causes uh, you to not, or causes people not wanting to risk their financial stability. And yeah, not everybody's able to take that risk. So people might be just happy with you know, working in a studio, somewhere that they're comfortable at, somewhere that you know, treats them well. Um, and yeah. Cool. So I guess um, let's go a little bit into like what was your biggest struggle when starting and like what do you learn from it and what was the takeaway? Sure. Biggest struggle when starting in a company? Oh. I would say my biggest struggle was definitely financial. Financially was the biggest struggle because right. um, there wasn't anyone when to, to get things done, right? I needed, I, need, I needed financial capabilities to go and hire people, to go and do more of the groundwork. And that financial, the, that, the issue of that financial, uh, me not being able to plan or do things or plan things financially to make sure that we are, you know, more than profitable is something that I think is one of the biggest struggles that I had. Um, so I, because of that, I found myself right. um, not like working constantly all the time. Um, my profit margin wasn't large enough. You know, I found myself, I think in the same situation where I found myself, you know, being lost and being afraid of losing those projects and not getting financial, you know, cash flow flowing in. So maybe undercharging clients just because of that fear, which causes um, that financial problem, right? And that, and because Correct. of that, the lack of cash flow, I found myself really working nonstop, just to pretty much working, working in quantity to to kind of get things out, and. Yeah, that was really one of the biggest uh, struggles and regret because the amount of time it took to and spent on work, it was it was pretty much not. I was working hard but not working smart. So that was one of the right. the biggest thing. So I think for people who who are thinking about it and. Um, and I got caught up with like the work, right? Because the amount of what I'm getting, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, um, you know, it can't be that bad because I'm, I'm sort of getting all this work and everything like that. But you need someone who know, understands financial literacy and someone who understands how to plan that to make sure that you are prof- profitable and more, right? With the kind of work that you put in. So working right. smart is something else that 
was really important that I missed out. And yeah, yeah. Um, if I knew how to work smart from the start, um, definitely it would have changed a lot of things. I wouldn't have uh, a lot of years that were wasted. I felt that because I couldn't, I wasn't working smart and just working hard. And um, if I knew that, um, we would be much, um, right. the company that I built would grow a lot faster. Yeah, but it's all part of the journey, I guess. Right. Actually, I feel like in reverse, right? Like, I feel like because you experience all these challenges and struggles, because like you did not really like have a business background and you're very new to, to starting a business, I feel like all these are sort of like lessons that have led you to like where you are today, where like even after five and a half years, you are still going strong, which is also a testament to like, I mean, you have definitely like done something right. Mm. So in that sense, right, what do you feel would be your greatest accomplishment? Greatest accomplishment? Um, my greatest accomplishment is really finding the right people. Right. Yeah, because being as an entrepreneur um, for a startup, I I had I I had to be grounded. I know I I'm uh, right now. I'm doing management, right, and I'm right. doing less of the groundwork. But having that ability to have done the groundwork before allowed me to to understand the team. The biggest accomplishment really was that I managed to to find find the right team to find the right people and to create a framework that empathized for the people on the ground. Right. I think that was something that, um, that I'm still in looking to improve. It's always a journey to, to create a better system for people and for creatives. Um, but yeah, it's something that, um, that I felt that was the most um, rewarding and the most like thing that I'll say I've accomplished is is that. Right. Yeah. So I'd like to end off this podcast with a question that I've asked all my guests that I've interviewed so far, which is what is one advice yeah. that you give your past self or an aspiring entrepreneur? <laughs> <laughs> advice to yeah. give my past self um, right I think the advice maybe I'll give is to not be afraid right um, to just push on right. and to keep um, believing in yourself because for young entrepreneurs out there and that may be you know I was 24 when I started so I had a lot of people you know doubting me because I was young and that I just it was just you know it was just questioning me you know 
yeah, I'm I, in a sense, doubting my right. ability to to uh to get things done, or just because of my age, and I think that's someone that's that's something that a lot of young entrepreneurs go through, and that doubt is always at the back of your mind, you know, no matter what what you do. Um, but I use this as fuel to kind of push myself and I, and I encourage everybody out there, you know, if the advice is, is to use it as, as fuel if you're going through the right. same thing, like right. to push yourself and to prove yourself because everybody has to start from somewhere and, and if you're younger, all the more power to you because by the time you reach the same age as then, you've gotten so much more experience Whereas they only started started at like a later age, and starting later doesn't make you and looking older doesn't make you right. any better. It's your experience, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, don't 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 let it uh, down. Use it as fuel. Push yourself. Prove yourself. And just smile at the end of the day to know that um, you. You, you have accomplished something and every step of the way, just enjoy the process as well. Enjoy the process of being young, being naive at times and accept failures, you know, acknowledge failures, accept them, learn from them, move on. Uh, being young is the best time to, to start a business. And because you don't, like what I mentioned, you don't have much commitments, you can just go for it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's the advice I'll give. Right. Thank you so much, Benjamin, for taking the time like out of your schedule to talk to me today. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We've come to the end of the podcast. I hope that this episode gave you an inside look on what goes on in the creative industry. You can find Genesis Motion Design at their website, wearegenesis.tv. That is, we are G-E-N-E-S-I-S dot TV. If you like what you hear and want to follow us, you can do so on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. See you on the next episode. Take care.